Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 68 of Gun for Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. We have an exciting show for you today. The theme is Long Arms and the Law. And Cheryl, I've been waiting for, what is that about? <laughs> well, Long Arms and the Law, what does it kind of conjure up? There's a Kenny Rogers song, right? I'm not going to sing it. But, <laughs> but there's also the old saying, the long arm of the law, which conveys the idea of the far-reaching power of the authorities. But sometimes the law reaches far beyond what is actually legal. Take, for example, unconstitutional measures such as FBI background checks, which have become a requirement for purchasing firearms. And whether or not you like the idea of these checks, they are outside of and therefore un constitutional. And that long arm can take the form of elected and appointed officials who push for their personal idea of what law should be and force citizens to behave as though it actually is. That long arm also refers to law firms who take on cases that can work to set legal precedents, such as suing gun manufacturers when a murderer misuses (coughs) the tools made by these companies. So today... Our guests include a gun manufacturer, an elected official, and a member of a group that works to help protect and preserve our Constitution from those long-reaching arms constantly seeking to overreach. So, Dan, you can introduce now who those guests are. I think you've already done it, but I'll give it a shot here. Our first hour, we have Frank Simona. He's the owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory. POF USA was the first company to take the gas piston AR to market and has been leading the way with their revolutionary platform innovations ever since. We have state Arizona State Representative Mark Fincham talking to us about the illegal destruction of firearms by the city of Tucson. This is in Arizona. Yeah, the Wild West, Tucson. Illegal destruction of firearms. I'm I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Sean Edwards. He's the author of the book American Resurrection. And he's here to talk about conflict de-escalation and how to make it through the holidays while we're bringing family and politics together at the dinner table. Do we ever do that? <laughs> In our household? Um, I, yeah. think, I think that we bring politics. I think we bring dinner to the politics is what we <laughs> Probably. do, right? Well, and I also wanted to say that I'm working on this becoming a four-part series, um, and Sean Edwards will be part one of that, and the series being about how to engage all of the, the topics out there that have become so polarizing. How do we debate intelligently and not be part of the problem but hopefully part of the solution. Right, because there's a lot of families that are divided with the views of of politics. And that could be so healthy, right? Because if we're all just sitting there, you know, bobbleheading, you know, in lockstep together, and we're we're just talking into echo chamber after echo chamber, then we're not giving ourselves an opportunity to grow. And, you know, any, any young ears that are listening in and learning how this world works, they're not learning either and so i think that the art of debate is so important and so healthy right we need to be able to debate we need Mm -hmm. to talk about it we can't just hide it and not say anything but say it civil keep it civil remember holidays they're here (laughs) and in fact we're a week from today's a pre-recorded show by the way we have an event tomorrow so we can't 
do this tomorrow. So we're doing it today for tomorrow. Right. And so on the 17th, Saturday the 17th, when this airs, you know what that is, Dan? It's one one Saturday? It is one week away from Christmas Eve. Ask me if I've got my Christmas shopping done. Dan, do you have your Christmas shopping done? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, no, I do not. I'm going to take that as a no. But you know what? Your wife is pretty on top of it. So yes. uh, I, think, I think you're in I'm, good shape. I'm going after the show today. So <laughs> I'm gonna Actually, I should say your wife and your daughter. You've, you've done a really good job of delegating that to both of us. So we're, we're yeah. pretty much on top of it. Anyway, who are our guests in our second hour? We have Frank Matheson. He's the founder of Force Options USA. He's a professional firearms and combative instructor as well as as well as as well as i can't read it a d- <laughs> dignitary protection provider oh. okay and they have an awesome class coming up teaching executive protection mm-hmm. sorry about that it's my uh, script is fuzzy i have mike bizanet <coughs> bizanet <is, coughs> uh, maybe it's my i think eyes. it's your glasses that yeah, are it fuzzy yeah probably is <laughs> he's the public affairs director of the nssf national shooting sports foundation and is here to talk to us about how big law is sliding with the deep-pocketed rights restrictors and anti-gun groups. That's a bunch of big words. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what Mike has to say. I, I had run across an article that um, he didn't write, but it was in the New York Times, and it was called Gun Control Advocates Find a Deep-Pocketed Ally in Quote-Unquote Big Law. And so, you know, so many people out there say, you know, well, you know, your Second Amendment rights are protected and nobody's taking your guns away. And now that Trump's in office, surely, you know, you can just sit back and relax. You cannot sit back and relax. You know, instead of dropping bombs on our country as they would do if we had a president that was anti-gun, what they're going to do is they're going to come from all other areas. Mm-hmm. They're coming to us by state. Yeah. And they're going to change the laws by state. And there's a, what's that guy's name? That Bloomberg. Bloomberg. He's uh he's out to get us. So well, and speaking of Bloomberg, Bloomberg has a little bit of a tie-in to Dan's commentary mm. today. So that comes at near the end of our second hour. And, of course, our responsibly armed citizen report. So um, I, I am really excited about the guests we have, but I also want to talk about a news story that I think you're holding in your pile there, Dan, where it is about... Let me see what it's called. Oh, the one about the... Uh, Where is it at? Representative pushes bill to allowing concealed carriers to sue if wounded in a gun-free zone. I think that is really, really interesting. So when you think about what that's saying, um, and I'll read a little bit of it here. And this is in Breitbart, and it was written by uh, our friend A.W.R. Hawkins on December 5th of 2016. Missouri State Representative-elect Nick Schroer, he's a Republican uh, of O'Fallon, is introducing legislation that will allow concealed carriers to sue if injured in a gun-free business. So HB 96 would apply when a person who is authorized to carry a firearm, but is prohibited from doing so by a business and then is injured by another person or even an animal, this would hold anti-gun business owners accountable for denying the Second Amendment rights of their fellow citizens. According to the Springfield News Leader, the language of the bill makes clear that the concealed carrier's obligation would be to show that they could have used a gun to prevent injury from occurring. Beyond that, the bill rests on the fact that the business owners assume custodial responsibility for the safety and defense of any person who is on their property for lawful business. So uh, it goes on a little bit uh, longer than that. It is definitely worth looking up. But, you know, what is interesting to me is that I do not, I don't like that we live in a litigious society. I don't like that we run to our lawyers to try to solve every problem we have. But when that is the battlefield that the the rights restrictors have used, just like Mike Bazinet is going to talk to us about whatever this big law connection is to the anti-rights uh, groups that are going to attack us legally and drain our bank accounts and, and chip away at our rights that way, I think that it it is a fair thing to push back using the exact same tools and logic. So, 
that's one to kind of keep your eye on. I'd love to hear your comments um, about, you know, what do you think this is good, whether it's bad, could this be a slippery slope? Because you always have to think about just because something sounds good for your side, how could the other side use it uh, for for ill? But they're already using it on the other side. So now we're, they're taking, they had the slippery slope. Now we're coming in and uh, protecting ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely an interesting topic. And I, I want to bring some people on and dig into that a little bit deeper as time goes on. But right now, we've got to run to commercial. And when we come back, we will have the owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory. You know it as POF USA. They are an American company. They manufacture AR platform guns right here in the state of Arizona with all U.S. made uh, raw materials. It's amazing. Frank DeSoma coming up right after this. Hi, I'm Paul Lathrop. I'd like to talk with you about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. As many of you know, you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense. The first fight is the gunfight itself. The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let no overzealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And we are so glad that you're here with us today. If you miss any portion of today's show, uh, if you just want to hear any show that we've ever done, you are in luck. You can just go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and you will see a recording here, a recording of every show we've ever done. And also, if you'd like to you know, see who's talking to you, you know, put a face to a voice. Click on the guest tab and you will see a picture of every guest we've ever had, a bio on them, links to their websites, their Facebook page, that sort of thing. It's a great resource. And speaking of our guests, our first guest today is Frank DeSoma. He's the owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory. You know it as POF USA. This was the first company to take the gas piston AR to market and has been leading the way with their revolutionary platform innovations ever since. And Frank, you're right here in Arizona with us. Are you on the, are, are you with us? Yep, I'm right here, Cheryl. Good morning. Good. How are you? Merry Christmas oh, Merry to you and your Christmas. family. Thank you. Ain't, and this, that a, ain't that a wonderful thing? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's making a comeback, and I love it. And Dan's here with us, too. Hey, hey Frank, uh, well, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Do you have a sigh of relief after November? I mean, being a manufacturer, isn't that wonderful news? It, it, let's put it in this perspective. If we were greedy business owners, we should have been the NRA 
and every firearms manufacturer, American manufacturer, should have been pouring our money into the DNC if it was about money. <laughs> this is about freedom and our liberties. We build a Patriot Ordnance Factory. One of the reasons why I named my, my company that, I didn't call it the Soma Arms. I wanted a symbol that means each and every one of us in the United States. How can we identify? We are all patriots. If you have love of this nation and care of this nation and its future, you do that. So that's why we named our company Patriot Ordnance Factory, because I'm here with my second family in our factory full of American patriots. And right now I hear the sound of freedom in there. Mm. I hear American manufacturing going on. I hear American, the symbol of American freedom, our firearms, our freedom and ability to bear arms being shot and qualified and tested. And we produce 100% American-made products right here in the great USA. God bless America for that. That's all I could say. Amen to that. Any any person in the United States, any man, woman, has the ability to chase their dreams with their freedom of choice, the ability to chase their dreams, to fail or to succeed. Mm -hmm. We have the freedom to do it. So it's a wonderful thing, freedom. It gives us the ability to do so many things and chase whatever dreams we need. We well, desire. Just preach on, brother. I'm telling you, we are self-employed uh, entrepreneurs ourselves, and you know we've chased many dreams over the years. And and speaking of that, how did you find yourself chasing this particular dream? What what well, led you to well, own of, and found it's, POF? It's 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 kind of funny because a a kid growing up, a child growing up in Brooklyn. New York owns a firearms company in Arizona. So how did that happen? Because <laughs> I love my it. desire as a, as a child was to be a police officer. I loved watching Starsky and Hutch and stuff like that where the cops chase the bad guys. I wanted to be one. I got into manufacturing and did some college courses and stuff like that. But I got into manufacturing at an early age. And I tried to become a police officer, and I wasted my right knee. I have an artificial knee finally now, after 25 years of walking around with kind of a bowed leg, mm. you know. But anyways, I um, I became a, a machinist, a tool and die maker, started a CNC shop, um, became a process engineer. So I determined how we would process products through the factory. So we would get widgets, and we did aerospace. I was an aerospace process engineer. So at the end of the day, it was boring to me because I was dictated through a print exactly what you wanted to build, and I had to build to that print. So my only creativity was how do I approach building it and how I fixtured it. But, and I can understand that. When you're at 36,000 feet in the air, you don't need some idiot like me changing the print. <laughs> You need consistency in the process, just like we have here. Mm-hmm. We don't need any. But making your own product is a huge turn-on to me. Money is just paper with ink on it. It's a not a turn-on to me. When I see a design that we do, myself or with the team together, collaboratively, we, the turn-on to me is when it comes to life. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even failure is a good thing. Why? Because that's a learnable moment. So just because you fail at something doesn't mean it's a waste of time. That is knowledge. Knowledge is power. I thought when we fail, we're supposed to get some Play-Doh and some hot chocolate and sit in a corner. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I have no... Well, I guess I have a really safe place. All the Patriots here at at Patriot Ordnance Factory have a real safe space. (laughs) Right? Exactly. (laughs) We build the ultimate... Expression of freedom, right? <laughs> right. Frank, I know your guns are, are good quality guns, but can you tell our listeners why, with all the manufacturers that are out there, why your gun is the one to buy? Well, uh, you know what? I, I don't want to tear down anything, but I could tell you specifically why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could tell you that 
we refuse to do Me Too. We refuse to offer what everybody else is doing. We refuse. We wouldn't exist if we didn't create and innovate new and exciting um, features and innovations within the firearm system. We're totally ambidextrous control. We're one of the people that pushed that there. We have E-square in the chamber feature, so you have push with the gases on the front of the case on the neck, I mean the shoulder, excuse me, and the extractor pulls. The whole industry pulls on extractor, and ARs, M16s are known for having cases stuck in the chamber if you don't stand on top of scrubbing that chamber. It pretty much eliminates that there. We have a heat sink barrel nut. Why would we do that? A lot of guns erode in the throat area. We made an aluminum barrel nut with a lot of surface area, sometimes three to four times more than a mil-spec steel barrel nut. And we're aluminum, so we're 17 times more efficient of radiating heat away than, than a steel barrel nut is, plus with a lot of surface area. We have fluted barrels. We have a regulated operating system, including on our DI gun we made with a straight gas tube instead of the bend so we don't have any resistance in areas for, for heat to build up. We regulate the gas, so you, the, and I named it, it's funny, the dictator, because I'm dictating to the operating system how you're going to operate, right? Hmm. Okay. You know, so if you go through our, our nomenclatures on some of our guns, we have the Revolt, we have the Skirmish, we have the Puritan, you know, we have a new gun, like you said earlier, Revolutionary. Well, we have the Revolution, and it's coming. And it's exciting to me because innovation is what's going to keep POF thriving and growing because when the world finds out we have a 308 that shoots out of an AR-15 gun, it's over. Wait a minute. Explain <laughs> that have, to us. Yes. Yes. What so are you doing imagine with an AR-15. Imagine you have an AR-15, which most of the world sees, or an M-16. It's lightweight. Mm -hmm. It's easy to remove. They're accurate little guns. They're, you know, they can fit in tight places, whatever. So the size and weight of an AR-15 M-16, but with the firepower of 762 by 51, 308, the famous 308, there's no need for wildcat cartridges. You know, 6.5 Grendel, 6.8. Whatever are these cartridges they're coming out with, 300 blackout, 300 blackout, I will never produce it. Every time it gets in a 5.56 chamber, a 2.23, it blows the gun up, hmm. you know, because there's nothing but the bullet that prevents it from chambering. And isn't the bullet, the projectile, getting right. pressed in to load, to be loaded? So you're saying a person, that, a person that puts a 300... Uh, Case in the in an AR-15, right? It would blow the it gun blows up. Them up. It would fire. And obviously, it's by accident. But these guns are a lot and are used by memory skill. And if right. they're very similar, just a quick view. Right. And if some a friend of yours has that ammo out there, it get easily accidentally put in, and you just blow up a gun. Right. Because so the I guns stay look away the same. From it. Yes, right. I stay away from it for my customers and for my employees well, frank, you know I, I don't want anyone getting hurt frank I'd, I'd like to ask you i heard you mention about extraction you have a, a gas extraction have you shot uh, steel cases through your guns do they will they function or is that still a bad <laughs> bad thing that's that's funny thing you say we've been shooting steel case bull for over a decade okay because i'll we, tell you out of all the repairs, I, I don't have a problem all the repairs i get for ars 90% of them is because somebody's got a stuck steel case. Not in a POF. I've never had to repair a POF gun in the 10 years I've been in at AZ Firearms. But, uh, so you're, you've shoot steel case through your guns and you don't have any problems. That's a, a big sigh yeah, of relief. Yeah, come to the factory. You'll come to the factory. you see a pallet of ammo at all times inside our test room. Wow. We take it out. We shoot it. We use it. Um, Iraqi veteran 8888 did a meltdown test of our P416, the full auto, 10 and a half inch. He did tests on, I think, I believe, three different AKs, two ARs. One was an Anderson Manufacturing DI gun, uh -huh. direct impingement, like the original design, and one was an LMT piston gun. All five of those tests where they just run full auto nonstop until it fails or breaks, all those guns went less 
than 900 rounds. Our gun went, he started with 2,500 rounds. He ended up shooting 2,737 through it, and the gun never stopped. Don't get me wrong. It took a beating. It mm-hmm. was still running. It stayed in the fight. It was having trouble with full auto for a while once it got so bad, but it ran semi-auto at the very end. You'll see in the video that he basically shot the gun straight for like 25 minutes. I mean, how many squad automatics sit there and shoot 2,500 rounds right. nonstop? Yeah, that doesn't And this happen. is a little 10-and-a-half-inch carbine full-auto gun, piston-driven. Little 5.56 gun that thought it could be a squad automatic. It was wow. trying to be one, and it stayed in the fight. It never quit. It never broke. Well, that's awesome. So, you know, Christmas is going to be and here it's, next week. And it's, and it shot 100% steel case wolf ammo in the wolf. test. Wow. See, that, that's amazing. And the wolf ammo is a lot cheaper for people to shoot. Uh, but, hey, yep. Christmas is going to a week away. So um, can people uh, order those guns direct from you, or how do they get those? Well, you can go to Cabela's. You go to the Sportsman's Warehouse. You could go to any dealer that's an FFL dealer throughout the country. We sell parts and accessories online, including uppers, but... We go and use distribution and dealer network for, you know, box stores for the for our product because of all the licensing requirements of right. ATF. So, well, very I mean, cool. So if they I'm, do want to look we're, you up. We're, we're blessed. Absolutely. If they do want to look you up online and read about your your company and your story, what is the, the web address for that? It's www.p.pof dash usa.com very very cool well we're going to need to wrap up here pretty pretty soon but you know all that that you said sounds awesome but what what i heard was i think dan and i got an invitation to come and check out your your manufacturing plant here in arizona whenever (laughs) you're in the valley so simple simple for you come by and all our guns not only is all the raw materials and any process has to be from U.S. owned and operated companies like ourselves, but we put symbols on our guns that we're proud of, and that's the greatness of America. I could put any symbol I want. It's my product, right? Mm-hmm. So if it offends you, don't buy it. But I put God bless America and the American flag on each and every gun firearm we manufacture. If yeah. that offends anyone, please don't buy my gun. That's the greatness of freedom because you have a choice. Exactly. You have choices. I so, love that. You know, it's like, you know, don't don't write me hate letters. Just don't buy my product, right? Yeah, move move on. Go buy something you like. And the ones that hate it don't want the right or the ability for us to have the same freedoms and liberty that they have with the freedom of speech. They would sit there and want to take away my right to do whatever else. So I don't understand because that becomes uh, freedom of speech being taken away too, right? Yeah. So it, you don't have freedom. You have a dictatorship then, or right. even worse. Frank, um, are people going to come get to meet you at the SHOT Show? Are you going to be there? Oh, of course. I think we're in booth 11374 where we've been for years. So Fantastic. We'll have all new product lines for the 2017. It's pretty exciting. We'll have a bunch of new products. Coming to the market that are lightweight, slimmer, sleeker, more compact. That is and awesome. Very competitively priced. Very cool. Well, we will definitely stop by and see you. And in the meantime, people can check out everything having to do with your company at pof-usa.com. Frank DeSoma, thank you so much for taking the time and being with us today. Thank you all. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and God bless. I love it. We're speaking the same language. All right, well, stick around, because on the other side of this commercial, we have Arizona State Representative Mark Fincham coming on to talk about something that's going on in Tucson, Arizona, where they're they're destroying guns? In Tucson. I mean, this is in Arizona. World has gone mad. Stick around. Mm -hmm. 
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, the theme of our show today is long arms and the law. And our next guest is Arizona Representative Mark Fincham. He uh, is in the Tucson Legislative District uh, 11. And Mark, are you with us? I am. Well, welcome to the show. I I reached out to you because we talked a a few weeks back. I think it was Todd Rathner we had on, and he lives in Tucson. And he was telling us that there is something going on in Tucson that is actually, you know, the law going against what is legal. And they are destroying firearms that have been confiscated in crimes and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I didn't know really what what to make of it. And then I saw another article come through that said that our Attorney General Brnovich files for a petition to make this stop. So you have to file a petition to enforce the law. What is going on over there? Well, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Basically, what we are looking at, the Arizona legislature passed a statute uh, last year that essentially says when a political subdivision, any political subdivision, knowingly and intentionally violates the state statute, they place in jeopardy their state-shared revenue, which can be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the individuals who have standing for that are members of the House of Representatives. So I had uh, a couple of constituents, and once I'm elected, my view is that everybody in the state of Arizona is a constituent. Nice. It's not, not just the people in my legislative district. Mm-hmm. I had a couple people step forward and say, look, you know, our our own home legislators refuse to do anything about this. We would like to have you file a request for investigation because the city of Tucson has been systematically destroying firearms that we were either confiscated or uh, turned in or gun buyback program, a number of different routes to get to the city of Tucson, all to advance some misguided political agenda. Mm-hmm. Well, those are public assets. And we have another statute in Arizona that prohibits the destruction of firearms that could be, that are serviceable or could be serviceable. Um, state statute requires that those be sold at auction to a dealer so that they can properly be put back into circulation with background checks of the purchasers and, and all that. So what they've done, essentially, is 
knowingly destroyed a public asset that could have been used for the cash that it would have generated could have been used to fund additional police work, additional, for example, the city of Houston just announced that they are going to do away with their aerial platform, a Cessna, I don't know, 206 maybe, <clears throat> that has been outfitted for crime fighting and border surveillance. Well, they're getting rid of it. Why? Mm. Because they don't have the money to operate it. Mm. Well, I guess they should have thought about that before they destroyed an asset that could pay for it. Right, and so, so that's you, where we are. So if you take uh, the word "gun" out and put in the word, you know, "asset," then it really boggles the mind. Unless the city is just so wealthy, right, that you know it's just a, a, a pittance of money. But that is not the case, right? They are pretty close to they're virtually broke, bankrupt. Yeah, and, and the reason they're, the card that they're trying to play is. They claim charter city status. Well, okay, that's all well and good, but we have a case opinion that says, essentially, that once your decision passes outside, the effect of a decision by a political subdivision passes outside of that city's jurisdiction, it becomes a state matter. Mm -hmm. It's no longer simply a uh, charter city jurisdictional matter. And my position is that if you are going to destroy an asset... They could have been converted to cash, and the state of Arizona has to now pay you money that is going to backfill what you destroyed. So, you just made it a state issue. So what other assets do they treat this way? What other assets do they destroy instead of selling uh, at auction or through dealers? That's a great question. To my knowledge, none. Mark, this is Dan. Welcome to the show. I, I have a question. Uh, what does anybody have any idea how many guns are being destroyed by Tucson? I think, and I don't have the document in front of me, but I want to say it was like forty six hundred of them. I know that the one that we everybody in the media has focused on has been a uh, Colt Model nineteen eleven that had a five digit serial number on it. Explain uh, to somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand dollars in retail market. There you mm -hmm. go. I was uh, they say. destroyed it. I was going to say, explain to our, our listeners who are kind of new to, to all of this why that's significant. So that's that's not only uh, financially significant, there's got to be a historical significance to that that's right. as well. That's when right. you say five-digit serial number, that helps us understand that that's an early model. That's right. And it's not just stolen guns, but it's guns that were uh, used for evidence and never picked up. It's guns that people surrendered because they didn't know what to do with them. There's all kinds of guns that come in, right? That's right. There's a number of different pathways by which those firearms come in. And if something is no longer of evidentiary value, it goes into the lockup. Uh, if you have, and, and one of the questions that we asked about this, this particular Colt 1911 is, could that have been property that should have been returned to someone's estate? Right. Okay, now we have a whole different set of circumstances. That's wrongful deprivation. That's a constitutional, that's a, that goes back to the very foundation of our nation, and that is that government doesn't have the right to take things without compensation. Well, and so you think about the insurance company that likely paid out on that. Suppose that was, gun was stolen from someone's home, right? Well, so, we, don't, we don't know. We don't right. know. It could be that a family member turned it in. The, the fact, the salient issue is we don't know if that should have been returned to somebody's estate, mm -hmm. if it was stolen. In fact, if it was stolen, were adequate steps taken to try and return it to its rightful owner? We don't know that. Right, and what the listeners you know may not realize is that if the, if the city of Tucson would just release those guns to a qualified auction house, they've their their liability is done. All the guns are transferred through FFL dealers. It's right. uh, a simple, no liability, no no hiccups at all, and a simple thing. And all they do is get money. But this isn't about that. This no. is about uh, a political agenda that uh, basically a town council that is, has bankrupt, virtually bankrupted the city right. has decided to pursue, and they want to make some... They, they wrap this in, I don't know, social justice, in a feel-good kind of, of legislative authority. At the end of the day, it does absolutely nothing to right. protect I, people. I look at it as this. It's two things. It's, it's anti-gun, 
and also uh, we don't have to follow the law. Well, that's the big question. We have something called the rule of law, and that is one of the things that when I took an oath of office, it doesn't have an expiration date, uh, and it is very clear that if you want the law changed, Tucson City Council, lobby the legislature to change the law. You don't just get to pick and choose what you're going to enforce. And I think the, uh, the larger issue with this, and I know that cities like Tucson and Phoenix are now looking at this saying, okay, wait a minute. If we have a state statute that prohibits sanctuary cities and they violate that, do they now place their state shared revenue at risk? Mm-hmm. Absolutely they do. Yes. Right. So and this so- is going to be a very important case, um, and the Attorney General's office is pretty confident uh, that the plain letter of the law stands. Well, I've been following the the articles that are coming through about it, and it's if it's like a ping pong ball. It feels like one article is like, okay, what you just said is is likely going to be the outcome, and the very next one is, well, they're they're just going to continue to do what they want to anyway. Uh, finances uh, be damned. So, what what do you really anticipate, and kind of what timeline are we working on with this? So when the, first, when the letter was first sent, they were given by the Attorney General's Office to the Tucson. They were basically advised, you have 30 days to cease, to reverse your, your ordinance. They didn't do that. Okay, so they've now been served. Uh, it has been uh, assigned to the Supreme Court um, by statute. They have 30 days to, again, take their ordinance and overturn it, which they've already vowed not to do. They've voted seven to nonsense to go to court. At the time, the Supreme Court looks at it and says, yeah, the plain letter of the law says this. We are going to, by the way, I've been told by a number of, of city officials outside of the city of Tucson, they're, not, they're none too happy with Tucson because what this will do is very narrowly define what a charter city can and can't do. Hmm. Uh, so there's, there's all kinds of things that are attached to this, mm-hmm. but we suspect that the uh, Supreme Court, uh, in the likelihood that they... Uh, come down on the side of the state, we'll give the city another 30 days. So now they've got 90 days to correct the conflict. And if they fail to do it under the Supreme Court order, they're going to have to make a decision. Do we want to try and take this to a higher court, which is going to cost them a ton of money? Which they don't have. But they don't, which they don't have. And by the way, they're fighting this with taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. The city is, is virtually broke. In fact, the last time I checked, they are broke. Mm. So they're off on this social justice crusade that they don't need to be on because they could simply lobby the legislature to change the law. And they're not going to do that. We've got to wrap, but I just want to, you know, say very quickly, thank you for the work you're doing and for standing up for the Constitution. And, you know, if if I were someone that lived in Tucson, what what's other than showing up at every single poll, every single time I can vote? uh, What can I do? Can I write to somebody? Can I call somebody? How do I express if I live in Tucson, Arizona? that this is so not okay with me and even if i am am not wild about firearms i definitely don't want to see my city going broke standing on principle when there there are assets that are completely legal to be uh sold and and turned into finances that will help with so many other programs what what can i do probably one of the most effective things that people can do is write a letter to me addressed to me and I understand you're going to have my name out on your, your website. I will. Mark uh, And they can mail that to the Arizona legislature, 1700 West Washington Street, Phoenix, Arizona, 87005. And as I receive those letters, I'm happy to copy them and communicate them to the city of Tucson and let them know that there are a whole lot of citizens who disagree with their political stand. Um, politics is a, is a contact sport. <clears throat> And it's a team sport. And if people are simply okay with um, city officials running roughshod over their constitutionally protected rights, then they're going to get the government that they have. And if they get involved and they write letters and they get engaged and they 
write a letter to the editor of the newspaper. Probably won't be print, published, but that's why I ask that they write the letter to me. Mm-hmm. That way I can personally deliver them to the city of Tucson and say, you guys are on the wrong track. There Mark, how many city councilmen are there in Tucson? Uh, seven, I believe. And how many of them voted against uh, against this or for it? Uh, seven of them. All seven of them. So, All you know, seven. we vote those city councilmen uh, in too also, right? That's right. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Thank you so much again. We're definitely going to have all that posted up on your guest page under Mark Fincham. And uh, we are here to do whatever we can to help you with your work because anybody that's supporting and protecting the Constitution, uh, we want to align with and we want to help out with. So thank you again, thank Mark Fincham. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. It's a pleasure to serve. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. Well, stick around. We still have an awesome guest coming up, Sean Edwards. He's going to help us get through the holidays and the politics that are going to come around the dinner table as all our family members join together in the next couple of weeks. Stick around. Sean Edwards. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, as I promised, our next guest is going to help us get through the holidays maybe just a little bit better, a little safer, and a little wiser we have sean edwards coming on he is the author of the book american resurrection and he's here to help talk about conflict de-escalation so how can we make it through the holidays while we're bringing family and of course politics are never too far away from our conversation uh together at the dinner table are you with us sean I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited to have you on. Um, I'm excited to be back. Well, you know, you wrote an article recently, and I love the title of it. What getting shellacked about racism taught me about politics. So (laughs) so I'm like, it's not every day you see the word shellacked, right, in a title. And... uh, And I thought, well, what is this about? And so through the article, I started to see that, you know, you did a great job of just kind of talking us through how you came to a new new understanding about something, happened to be racism. And your main point was that you didn't come to that realization by somebody beating you over the head, calling you names, you know, and, and undermining your, you know, or calling into question your intelligence, right? 
Yeah, you know, it's it's shocking that that people don't respond well to that. <laughs> I know. Go figure. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so but you, you know, you, you'd think it was a a, a great communication uh, strategy, given how often people do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it doesn't work, just keep trying harder, right? Right. Yeah. It'll. It eventually you'll get your point across and things will work out. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, I, I was uh, thinking that, you know, we used to say don't talk about uh, religion and politics. Keep it to the weather. You and, can't and even money. and money. Yeah. You can't even talk about the weather anymore because of climate no, change. You can't. <laughs> so no, no. And when you talk about politics, all three of those things come up now. You know, you got religion, money and of course, politics. So it's it's just a dicey subject. So what do we do? Help us out. What- yeah, Sean, I, this is Dan. Welcome to the show. I, I'm excited about you being here because maybe you can help me out. I mean, my family, <laughs> most of our family agrees with this, the same gr- thing that we agree with. But there's a couple liberals that come over at uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas. And Cheryl keeps arguing with me because they sit outside to eat. <laughs> And how can and I, you? How I want to invite them in. Yes. So. How can we bring them together? Can you help me? Oh my goodness, we've gone off the rails here. Help us out, Sean. Well, I mean, as I stated in my article, it it's people. I believe people are fickle. They're just they're just fickle creatures, and we subconsciously tie our. I think we tie our sense of value, our sense of worth to our ideas. Mm. And I think it's really easy to do uh, with politics because when you decide that you support a position or a candidate, you're basically putting it out there for everyone to see. These are my values. This is what I believe is true. This is what I believe is right and wrong. And when someone criticizes that, subconsciously, it's a criticism of you. Mm. It's So if someone says that idea is stupid... What you've really just done is called anyone who believes that idea stupid. Mm. And people are going to get defensive. Now, they might not sit there and you say, oh, man, that idea that so-and-so put forward, that's really dumb. Um, They might not sit there and go, oh, they just called me dumb. But they will get angry because I adamantly believe deep down that there is going to be a need to preserve themselves, their sense of self and their sense of value. Mm. So... Any sort of communication strategy where you are challenging ideas, you need to, especially in politics, you need to be aware that that you're also challenging people's values and who they are to an extent. And I think once we understand that, communication becomes very different. So if I'm the one who's having my views challenged... What? How can instead of just instantly getting my back up and going to my bumper sticker talking points, right? <laughs> how can I receive some new information that I, I don't necessarily have to, you know, agree or validate right. necessarily, but I can I can still allow the other person to be heard, which I think is yes. really what we all just want. Yes. Exactly. Well, because if you go back to, to, to what I was saying, if, if when you're putting forward your position and in a way you're, you're putting out in the public what you value and what you think is important and right or wrong, then when someone listens to you, then you feel like they value at least knowing what you value. I know mm. that's a lot of use of the word value. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is you're saying, look, I know this is important to you and I want to understand why. Mm-hmm. And what what I discovered myself that was like a uh, what my my father calls a BFO a blinding flash of the obvious. Uh, <laughs> was, oh, I like your dad. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what I realized was listening to someone explain their position and not arguing with them immediately doesn't mean that you accept their position. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have to be able to internally, we have to, it, this is all about you. You can't control how other people act. Ultimately, you cannot control how other people act, but you can control how you act. Mm-hmm. And so you have to decide in yourself before you get into that conversation, look, I believe in A, B, and C, and I think it's right, and I think it's true. However, I'm an imperfect human, and my perspective could be incomplete. There is a possibility that it's incomplete on this issue. And if someone is going to present an opposing view, I need to be willing to listen to it 
and realize that I don't have to accept it, but I can just listen to their ideas and allow them to be heard and and not like put down my position for a few minutes. Let me just put down my ideas, my my passions, my what I think is right and wrong. Let me put it down just for a few minutes. I'll pick it back up in another minute or two. And let me put on your value system, your core values, the way that you see the world so that I can understand why you believe what you believe. And from there, you can have a very fruitful conversation. But, Sean, you kind of need both parties to agree with that. And do. that doesn't happen. I mean, they, they see that as a sign of weakness and attack you even more sometimes, right? Sometimes I think they do. And this, and this goes back to the point that, at least the point that I'm making, you can't control how other people are going to respond. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is my belief that if it is much more likely that they're going to respond well if you come from a place of um, honor and respect and empathy and humility. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can stand by your beliefs and you can believe them, but understanding this deep underlying subconscious how people interact with their ideas and why they get defensive can help you de-escalate. So maybe they're not wanting to play ball, but you, you don't have to engage in the craziness. You know, you can continue to be a sane human being because I think just realizing that your identity and your sense of worth can be tied to these ideas and that the person you're talking to is experiencing the same thing, that can almost immediately just give you empathy for that person and say, okay, look, these people, these people, they, they might have some really crazy ideas that I don't agree with, but they believe them for some reason and they're not bad people. So why do they believe what they believe? And even if I don't want to accept their position, maybe, maybe I'll learn something. But at the worst case scenario, I will not get super angry and upset. I will feel better. And at the end of the day, they, even if they decide not to be, you know, part of the joyful conversation, it will not have gone to nuclear war. Well, <laughs> does, I, I does think <laughs> it sure does. And we're almost out of time. But, you know, I really like the idea. It reminds me of, you know, when my, our daughter was younger and we would never say, you know, that she was bad. We would right. say the behavior, you know, yeah. was was not, you know, taking her in the direction that she would really like. And so that puts a it removes it a step from. You know, if somebody disagrees with your ideas, well, why does that hurt our soul? You know, exactly. they're just yeah. disagreeing with our behavior, or our thought processes that are malleable. And yep. so and the best way you can win over hearts and minds, I think, is to be a good listener. Absolutely. And, you know, you might see a year down the road, somebody says, you know, well, you know, maybe maybe I have an opportunity to kind of shift on this topic and somebody that might help me, uh, you know, kind of sort out my thoughts was that one person that would actually listen when I talked. And, right. Right. So that's a very yeah, that's powerful great. position to be in. But, Sean, thank you again so much for being on. And tell folks real quick, your book is so great. And it's such a, a, a quick and and oh, such a powerful read. Tell <laughs> folks very quickly how they can find that, because. What a great Christmas gift. Yeah, it's, it's American Resurrection, the failure of the U.S. Constitution, and the rebirth of a nation. And, and just, just like Cheryl said, I tried to make it short, easy to read, so that, it doesn't, so that anyone can read it. But they can go to SeanEdwards.com. They can download a free uh, PDF version there. Or if they want a more easily readable version, they can get it off Amazon. And that's S-E-A-N-E-D-W-A-R-D-S.com. And I think you guys will have a link to it. So I you can just sure go there do. and find the information there. I sure do. And uh, keep watching your email, Sean, because I know I'm going to want to have you back on many more times in the future. I love being on here, so I will. <laughs> Thank you so much. And have a Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, stick around. We still have the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio, where we have two awesome guests. The first is Fred Madison sitting here right in the studio with us. He is the founder of Force Options USA, and they have a great class coming up to teach executive protection. What is that about? Stick around and find out. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potigold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potigoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. 
hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. 